0: and no. survive. No. 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 day five of our sushin, the final day, and uh, we still have a ways to go. And then we have the shuso ceremony and the closing of our 33rd practice period this afternoon. Uh, And just grateful to our shuso uh, and to everyone for participating Uh, Sashim feels very still today. I think as as Gary was pointing out yesterday, there's something that we've come to in this schedule that is, uh, it's a little different than what we had been doing in the past, but it allows for a lot of uh, the development of samadhi uh, there's to have these, you know, three periods in the morning uh, and uh, Three or four periods in the morning and then three periods in the afternoon and it's only one break So our day isn't broken up uh, And so there's a lot of space for us to deepen our practice, which is lovely uh, and to do that in ways that uh, also allow us to take care of ourselves. So I wanted to um, say something about the Shuso Ceremony and uh, basically to tell you about it, give you a little instruction, and uh, also answer whatever questions you may have. So this is a uh, certainly a a long-standing ceremony in the Soto tradition. I'm not sure how far it goes back, uh, but it certainly goes back a couple of of centuries. And even though and I'll speak about this later in the chapter I want to speak about, um, even though our practice doesn't have stages, this is a stage in the development of a student not so much in their meditation practice or in their zazen or uh, in terms of awakening but in the recognition of their maturity and stepping into the space where uh, they offer teachings so uh the Shouseau gives her first the first dharma talks that uh, she has an opportunity to give her during this practice period and the Shouseau, it's it's a really unique moment because you're sitting in this first seat at the abbot's right hand and are uh sharing the seat and this is a it's kind of a once in a lifetime experience i know that many of us who have been shuso just remember that experience warmly <clears throat> and what a great opportunity it was so usually the culmination of our practice period and <clears throat> of the shusos term Uh, ...is with this ceremony, excuse me... ...that's called Shuso Hosen. Um, Now, literally, as best I understand it, uh, Hosen means combat. It's like Dharma combat. And... uh, the students get to uh, fiercely question the shuso to test her understanding. That's not what we're doing. Uh, maybe we need another word than hosen. <clears throat> um, I mean, we're just taking the Japanese word, but uh, it's really a dharma dialogue in which we're bringing forth the dharma together, huh? So you're encouraged to ask a question from your heart or from your belly about practice. And the Shuso, without a lot of theorizing or explaining, answers uh responds to your question in a very direct way sometimes that often that can be a very brief succinct answer Uh, and sometimes it may take a sentence or two but it shouldn't be long it shouldn't be explaining Um, and so for some of us that means we have to change our verbal style uh, and our mental style. Just when the shoe. So here's a question. They should really listen fully with their whole body and notice what response arises in them and speak it. So uh This can be play, as we've been talking about. Uh, or it can be really very serious, you know, something that is really pulling at you that, um, in your life or that has evolved for you in the course of the Uh but something direct, something that's meaningful to you. Uh, now, as I said, that can be playful, uh, but no trick questions. You know, and uh, don't set out to to stump the shusel. Whatever the Shuso does this afternoon and in every one of these ceremonies, it's perfect as it is. It is just a direct expression of who she is at that moment in time. I've been uh, I've been seeing a therapist in the last months who works with this system called uh, internal family systems and uh, in that formulation of that uh, there's this idea there's no bad parts there's no bad parts of oneself and in that sense there's no bad answers. There's just what is happening at that moment. So um, you're not required, basically, just to say, what we'll do is we'll be, <clears throat> we'll be sitting in our seats. It, it'll be different than as we usually do Shosan. You'll be sitting in your seats, and we'll go around the Zendo. And members of the practice period will ask questions first. And then former Chusaus will ask questions, uh, and we'll do this from from our seats, uh, and you'll just say, Chusau, or Chusau, <laughs> uh, or <"Chusot?" laughs> Um and Chusau will will. Acknowledge you and then you ask your question. Um, one other thing, too, one other caveat that, that people fall into. Um, sometimes we have a propensity for uh, kind of warming up to our question or doing a, a prelude to it, you know explain the whole context before you get to the question, don't do that. Please get to your question really directly. Uh, that's, that's your responsibility. Uh, if the Shuso's responsibility is not to explain, uh, your responsibility is uh, not to do an aria. Uh, you know, just just get to the question. Uh, and if you don't have a question, uh, you can bow, and you know, and say thank you. Uh, and but I really want to encourage you to feel a question. And you also you don't have to. You don't have to have your question formulated now or before lunch you know your question can arise out of the uh, shoe so is going to read uh, her case uh, uh front gate and, and pantry uh, and she's been speaking practice period about that koan, about light, about good thing, nothing. Uh, Your question can relate to that or not, but um, you can let your, you can be patient with yourself and you can let your question arise right there in ceremony or right there in the moment when you address this yourself. That's great. That's the immediacy of our practice. So I just wanted to say that by way of uh, a little explanation, a little introduction. Does anyone have any questions? Yes, Susan. How about follow-up? Ah, follow-up, thank you. Um, If you feel that the Shuso has not really directly responded to your question. You can ask a follow-up. You can ask one follow-up. Uh, and, and that's fine. Uh, and the Shuso will respond to that. Also, the Shuso has a staff and a block. Uh, and they're holding this... I didn't say they're holding Basically, which hand is which?
1: Left hand is
2: right. right hand
0: is the staff, yeah. and left hand is the, is the fan. So they're in a very, just mm-hmm. to say, they're in a very open, exposed posture. Uh, and they're holding, they're also in a very strong posture. So, if when the Shusso claps the staff on the block, that's the end Uh, but she should take she should you know take a beat to see if um, if there's a follow-up question Uh, and but if she's really sure that she's answered the question don't take a beat just just stop and go to next that's right and go to the next question any other questions. Yeah, Ross.
1: Her email will not be posted in the chat. However, uh, she is listed in the directory. So if you want to follow up after Sashin uh, with uh, continue the Dharma Dialogue, we encourage people to do that.
0: Did you hear that out there? Yeah. Um, yes, you're, you're never safe. Um, okay. Ronnie do <laughs> you have a question?
1: Yes, uh, thank you, Hosan. I'd like to know. um, I I was led
0: to believe that those of us on Zoom who are in the practice period um, would be able to ask the Shuso questions. So, what is the order of that, please? Um, Thank you. I don't exactly know the order, but it will be explained. Oh, Ryushin.
1: Okay. You
0: will be spotlighted when it's your turn to talk. So unmute and go, Ronnie. Okay. So if let me just repeat that. Uh, After we go around for the the practice period, members who are non chusos in the zendo, then we're going to go to the community room where there'll be people, and again the the non chusos will go. And from after that, they'll go to the online people in roughly alphabetical order and you'll be spotlighted. Will you be called upon? I think uh, Lori will be the yeah. host and if people don't seem to be jumping right in she'll call it. Yeah Lori will, Lori will prompt you if uh, you know if you're if you're not clear about your position. By but, first name. By first name. By first name, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Uh, does that answer your question, Randy? Good. Any other questions in here? Any other questions out there? Okay. Let's just take a let's take a couple of breaths. I wanted to um, continue with not always so uh, and uh, speak a little bit I know that are we've already used a bunch of our time but just to open this up uh, with a chapter in not always so called be kind with yourself and this comes Heavily annotated uh, by sojin. Uh, it's interesting. So the the, epi, the epigraph says, "We put emphasis on warm heart, warm zazen. The warm feeling we have in our practice is, in other words, enlightenment or Buddha's mind." And then under that, or at the top of the. The next paragraph Sojin put interestingly he puts improvisation <coughs> uh, so we should have a warm feeling in our improvisational Sazen. and this is we were I mentioned this the other day uh, and then it came up in conversation uh, between Laurie and Karen and I this morning Uh, speaking of the the way that Suzuki Roshi characterized our practice uh, as having uh, a formal formal practice and informal mind which is interesting and it's it's sort of in contrast as we were speaking with uh, with perhaps other meditational approaches and we were talking about vipassana where it's kind of informal you know people wear whatever clothes they want they sit however they want but much more formal mind. Uh, So this informal mind is, is also the mind of improvisation and the character of it is what Suzuki Roshi is pointing to as uh, kindness and that also resonates for me with what has been really a just a, a powerful turning word from the sixth ancestor uh, his first bodhisattva vow which is to save all sentient beings of your mind So to save all the sentient beings of your mind calls for kindness. And of course this resonates to tie all these things together. This resonates with what I read from Suzuki Roshi earlier in the week where he says, this is what we call the Bodhisattva way. Our practice is to help people. And sometimes to help people, to be kind to people, uh, we really need to be able to start with ourself. And it can work uh, in kind of both directions. Sometimes, we have to practice being kind with ourselves, so that we can extend that to be kind to others and sometimes it has to work the other way uh, sometimes when we're practicing and enacting kindness to others bit by bit we learn how to be kind to ourselves so this is this is the way I view our practice that it works you know there is no inside and outside and it works from that outside in and the inside out. So Suzuki Roshi writes, I want, to, I want you to have the actual feeling of true practice because even though I practiced zazen when I was young, I didn't know exactly what it was. Sometime I was very impressed by our practice at AAG and other monasteries. When I saw great teachers who listened to the lectures, I was deeply moved. But it was difficult to understand those experiences. Our aim is to have complete experience or full feeling in each moment of practice. What we teach is that enlightenment and practice are one, but my practice was what we call step ladders in. Um, I understand this much now, And next year, I thought, I will understand a little bit more. That kind of practice doesn't make much sense. I could never be satisfied. If you try step ladder practice, maybe you too will realize that it's a mistake. So, he says, that enlightenment or practice are one. We could also say that, uh, as Dogen says, Our practice is the expression of our enlightened nature and it's important to remember that because when we're not fully kind to ourselves and we're all really familiar with with that state of mind right Um, we're out of touch with any perception of enlightenment that is actually inborn but again and again our teachers are insisting that that is the nature that is the one bright pearl if we do not have some warm big satisfaction in our practice that is not true practice even though you sit trying to have the right posture and counting your breath it may still be lifeless zazen because you are just following instructions. And Sojin writes, this is mechanical practice. Uh, just counting your breath is like counting sheep, you know. And uh, sometimes we go to sleep, especially in the afternoons. Um, you are not kind enough with yourself. You think if you follow the instruction given by some teacher, then you will have good zazen. But the purpose of instruction is to encourage you to be kind to yourself. So to me, the more I read Suzuki Roshi, the more I feel like He's basically, he just says the same thing over and over again, you know, and he comes at it from different angles and with the hope that, and that's what, that's what Sojin did, that's what I'm doing, you know, it's just like we're just kind of repeating ourselves in hope that sometime something we say may actually strike home for you and and help you uh, help you find your way, help you find that warm feeling. Do not count your breath just to avoid your thinking mind, but to test best take, take best care of your breathing. And I think we can feel that as we're sitting, whether we're counting our breath or, or just following our breath. The air is very crisp and clear in here today, and it may be cool going in, but it's warm when it gets inside our bodies. When you have a warm feeling for your body and your breath, then you can take care of your practice and you will be fully satisfied. When you are very kind with yourself, naturally, you will feel like this. A mother will take care of her child, even though they may have no idea how to make the baby happy. Similarly, when you take care of your posture and your breathing, there's a warm feeling in it. Sojourner writes, when you take care of your posture and your breathing, he writes, uh, finding ease. Finding the ease in our sitting and uh, breathing to allow that ease to arise. When you have a warm feeling in your practice, that is a good example of the great mercy of Buddha. Whether you are a priest or a layperson this practice will extend to your everyday life. So someone yesterday was asking me about grace. I think that grace and mercy are very related. So what Suzuki Roshi is saying uh that when you can touch That warm feeling in your practice. This is the experience of the Buddha's grace, the gift that the Buddha is giving to us. Even though it may only last for a moment, but you should recall that it happened. You shouldn't make the effort to retrieve it or revisit it just know that that mercy was offered to you and it was off if it's offered once it's very likely it'll be offered again and so we build this kind of feedback internal feedback loop uh, allowing this grace and mercy to arise and allowing it really to touch our lives. And by extension, for us to touch other lives with that same quality. When you take the utmost care of what you do, then you feel good. And what a surprise, the the, uh, the notation at the end of that sentence, says, "Menmitsu no kafu." It seems to be that seems to be one of the themes we're coming, we're coming to. to I think to, if it, to, if I could reduce my talks to two points in Japanese this week, uh, one would be "Kanbate," do your best, and the other would be "Menmitsu no kafu." This taking care, considerate care of our practice and of everybody's practice. You may think that you are very warm hearted, but when you try to understand, you cannot actually measure. So when you try to see your own light, it's dark, dark. That's exactly what he's talking about. You can't necessarily see it. Yet when you see yourself with a warm feeling in the mirror or the water, that actually is you. Whatever you do, you are there. That's meant as an encouragement. And it's meant as an instruction because And many times when we don't feel here, when we don't recognize ourselves. And he's just really encouraging us to do that. So it's an interesting shift that he makes in this talk. Uh, When you do something with a warm hearted feeling, Manjushri, the Bodhisattva of wisdom is there. And there is the true you. You don't have to wonder where Manjushri is, or what he is doing. When you do things with your warm hearted mind, that is actual practice. That's how to take care of things. That's how to communicate with people. So it's, it's interesting, one might logically expect him to say uh, when you do something with a warm hearted feeling, Kitishvara is there. Um, what Sojin writes in the annotation is that um, uh, the function of wisdom is compassion so manjushri when manjushri is functioning then he is in cooperation or identity action with uh with avalokiteshvara so we have uh, we have Manjushri and we have Avalokiteshvara and also Samantabhadra, the shining practice bodhisattva. All three of them are on, are on the altar. Uh, we have to practice. We have to attend to Samantabhadra in order to uh, allow Manjushri and Avalokiteshvara to come alive in us in our embodied form Whatever you do whatever your practice is Manjushri is there So usually in the in a at a monastery uh, you have separate halls for the for meditation and separate halls for for chanting and uh, service uh, and on the altar in the zendo in the meditation hall uh, it's usually Manjushri. and in the Buddha hall it's usually Shakyamuni Buddha But Manjushri is taking care of our zazen. But zazen is not this cold clinical action. As Suzuki Roshi frames it, it is really the manifestation of our human warmth. Uh, And we need to remember that. Particularly we need to remember how to be kind to ourselves. Sometimes we're really hard on ourselves, and I understand that. I'm not immune from that, and I'm sure that everybody in here has moments like that. But here we're being encouraged in the other direction to just recognize the warmth that arises in our relationship with each other, and in our relationship to the practice, and in relationship to ourself. The secret is not to forget the true mercy of Buddha, who takes care of everything. If we lose this point, whatever we do doesn't make much sense. point is while inhaling and exhaling to take care of your breath just as a ba- mother watches her baby if a baby smiles its mother will smile if a baby cries its mother is worried this kind of close relationship being one with your practice is the point this is also what i was speaking of yesterday as identity action that we're so finely attuned I mean the mother and child are uh, an example of that fine uh, limbic resonance that happens between beings and it's you know it's kind of easy for us to see it as a mother and child but it's actually happening between each of us and also it has to happen within us that's I think he's emphasizing that it's like Our responsibility is to find that warm feeling within ourselves. If a baby cries, its mother is worried. That kind of close relationship, being on with your practice, is the point. (laughs) I like this. I'm not talking about anything new. Same old things. Our monastic rules are based on kind, warm-hearted mind. Sometimes it doesn't seem that way, but that's really has to be the basis. The idea is not to restrict your freedom, but rather to give you freedom to behave and act in your own way within this form and structure, just like, you know, a great baseball player uh, can really manifest themselves within these, within so many rules, and within that, you know, you can see how able and talented they may be. Actually, it's not important, he says, it's not so important to follow the rules literally. Actually, if you break a rule now and then, we will know what is wrong with you, and your teacher, without criticizing you, May be able to help you more more accurately and uh, uh, painful as that may be uh, I think that was pretty much built into my relationship with with Sojin uh, this is how to improve your practice in order to have good control of your desires in your every life Everyday life. Then you will have big freedom from everything. Please take care of your practice. Be very kind with yourself. So, um, maybe a
2: little time for uh, comments, questions. Duke Ellington used to sleep with the light on because he was afraid of the dark. No, oh. I thought that was kind of <laughs> side comment of what you were.
0: I didn't know that. Well, thank you. Uh, Even our great heroes can be afraid of the dark. Uh, This Daniel and uh, Mary. For someone uh, that has not developed or that ability or not often to have that kindness, Uh, how do you start? I think you need to really reflect on yourself and um, notice that there are moments of kindness that, that are constantly again and again coming up. And give yourself some credit for that. And then expand from there. You know, uh, everyone here is fundamentally kind and everyone here has warm, kind moments, however much we may have difficulty with ourselves. It's really important to recognize that that difficulty is not always so and to look at the moments when we have a sense of expansiveness, a sense of freedom, and just say, oh that's there too, you know, I want to pay attention to this.
1: Yeah. I feel really warmed by your talk, Um, and I I think I'm correct in understanding that Japanese temples sometimes have flags, Oh, or banners, and I was wondering if we could enlist our calligrapher in making a banner that for the kanji for and for ma mitsu no
0: yakin, <laughs> and men, fly men, them around. ben mitsu no kafu. Well, that's pretty. That's a cool idea. Uh, we'll have to ask our resident calligrapher about that. <laughs> <laughs> We've got this. You know, we made for the. For funeral, uh, Anna found this lovely uh, kind of reddish orange cloth uh, that takes the ink very well. Did you do that? Did you do the polygraph?
1: I did. It That's worked? actually that's actually in English, not in. I know that's in English, yeah. right? Yeah, but
0: uh, but that's it's possible. So let's think about that, uh, Ross.
1: Thank you, Hosan. Some years, many years ago, Amy Hutto, a Sangha member here, uh, installed the two southernmost speakers on our wall so we could hear way back here. So I wanted to shout out, shout out, uh, Amy Hutto. (laughs) I mean, those two. uh, The two two closest to uh, the back here. Yeah. The first ones were the front side, didn't project enough. Anyway, the more important thing is, in relation to Daniel's comment about uh, what he raised, Amy made a button that said "Start Here," and I have it on my shoulder bag. And it's a good reminder to start here with this person, with me, when I'm going through the ideation of either self-loathing or self-praising. It's always right here. It's always been a helpful reminder to me to um, uh, keep it close. Yeah, yeah, it's very close.
0: Yeah, it's it's. This is, yeah, menmitsu no kafu. This is intimate intimate practice, yeah.
1: Hozan. Hi. Um, This is the first time I've heard references to grace and mercy in a Zen temple. Um,
0: And it's something that... I always wished was spoken about because I found it comforting. Uh, Well, see my child, I have fulfilled your wish.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But can you say more about that? I mean, I don't know
0: where they say that in Buddhism. Well, um, Suzuki Roshi just said it, right? I mean, I, I was quoting Suzuki Roshi. I'm surprised I missed that. Yes. No, no, I was quoting Suzuki Roshi, and he he uses the word mercy, uh, I think, three times in this talk, and uh, so I would not be surprised if he used it elsewhere. Um, And I think that the, say, the entire uh, pure land tradition, Jodo Shinshu, Jodo its all about that, you know. That's that's the whole ball game, you know. Because everything that is given to us is. Uh, the gift and the grace the mercy of the Buddhas. and so they talk about it uh, i don't know what they what language they use i'd have to go look but it's clear that the whole tradition is is about that and you're your they didn't even talk about practice uh, it actually it's a kind of you just repeat the name you call on uh Namo Amida, Butsu, Amida Buddha and uh, to do that if you can call on Amida Buddha three times sincerely then there's nothing more that you have to do Amida Buddha will respond to you because it's just a wonderful wonderful tradition uh, which we need to I think learn more about and integrate ourselves with Uh, because actually it's the largest that's the largest school of buddhism in uh in japan and you know there's two temples within five blocks of us so maybe we need to invite those people here and have a discussion about grace that'd be great
2: thank you yeah you talked today about um being kind to ourselves and about grace and mercy, um, which I also responded to deeply. You, you talked um, a couple of days ago also about making mistakes and about how you learned how to make mistakes from Soja. Um, I struggle to be kind to myself. Um, I had made a mistake with the bells earlier this morning and uh, was sitting here um, having some words with myself about it. Uh, and then you came into the Zendo and, uh, you dropped your keys. <laughs> and, um, I knew how you were dealing with that in my heart. I've seen you do it so many times. And suddenly I felt myself sort of find the ability to be much more kind to myself. Um. It was a beautiful reminder of of why we do this direct practice. Um, You were saying, you say the same thing over and over again, and and hopefully uh, something will land. And so often it's actually not something we say, but something we do. Um, And it made me realize that your mistake was an opportunity for me to extend mercy to myself. Which means that maybe my mistake is an opportunity for me and even for others.
0: Thank you. I had a just to say. I was surprised by the sound, and I my moment my momentary thought was oh I wasn't paying attention and that was it then I picked up the keys and I put them down as quietly as I could and that was the remainder of that was uh not punitive was just like yes I really have to pay attention to these sleeves are kind of complicated and to make sure that they're in a secure place rather than an insecure place that's it um you know um we idealize uh, suzuki roshi and it's also true without getting into detail he made some enormous mistakes in his life that were very consequential and he carried on his understanding was that he had to go forward with being kind to himself and being kind to those around him Uh, otherwise those kinds of mistakes can really that can shatter us. And um, we want better for each other. I'm wondering if there's anybody, any of the people who are newer here in Sashinu want to ask something. Yeah, Nate. Well,
2: just to follow from the last comment, um, The dropped keys uh, I found was a good opportunity to check in uh, with my mind and body, and so I appreciate appreciate
0: it. Well, thank you. That's that's one of the you know we don't carry the stick anymore. Uh, (laughs) One of the effective things about about the stick is not when you're getting struck by it, but when somebody when somebody close to you is getting stuck struck by it particularly the first person and it's like Whoa you know you wake up. So uh yeah a sound can wake us up. Uh and yet it was also that's that's great. That's how that's what function it served for you. Uh and if it served that function I'm I'm glad and I still want to be more mindful,
2: you yeah.
0: know. Maybe one more. Dean.
1: In listening to this and hearing, I've always been perplexed in this practice that we're always saying the same thing over and over again. But it really works because every time I might hear the same thing, I might hear it differently or might hear it in the right moment. But just now listening to all this, I realized we also do the same thing over and over again. We sit over and over and over. And this minute is this minute, and the next minute is the next minute. And uh, I just like hearing that and connecting those two things that we do over and over again.
0: Yeah, they're they're the same. And you know, what he's talking about is not saying warm things over and over again. He's talking about what do we find in our in our practice as we're sitting, because that's everything flows from that. Then what we say flows from that. How we act with each other when we're serving, when we're walking about flows from that. And it's so lucky to to have this. You know, uh, I can't imagine, I certainly can't imagine what my life would be without it. So thank you all for your warmth and for your continuous practice.